Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. I'm a designer, principal, and brand strategist at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Today on Obsessed with Design, I chat with the dynamic duo, The Bubble Process, Sean Higgins and Nick Rezebeck, otherwise known as Rez. Sean, Rez, and I talk from three different locations, which is appropriate because they collaborate on posters and other design work from Cleveland and Connecticut. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Sean and Rez. All right, guys, I am very excited today to have with me the two founders of The Bubble Process, all the way from Cleveland, Sean Higgins, and all the way from Connecticut, Nick Rezebeck, otherwise known as Rez. Sean and Rez, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So this was a, an interesting connection for me in that a future podcast guest <laughs> has referred you guys to us. So shout out to Karen Kricky, otherwise known as CMY Karen on the interwebs. And uh, we're excited to uh, have her connect you guys with us. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. <laughs> so from where we sit today, it is um, that beautiful week in between the holidays and between Christmas and New Year's and uh, our office is kind of shut down and uh, so it's fun to be able to squeeze one more episode recording in this year. Um, so I'm I'm curious before we jump in. I'm gonna we're gonna talk all about the bubble process because I have lots of questions here, and I want to hear about kind of um, you know your quote unquote day jobs as well. But maybe you guys could um, humor me to begin with with one of my favorite questions, which is tell me about the origin story for each of you. How did you find your way into this world of of design? Uh, so I guess I'll get started. My name is Sean Higgins. Uh, and, uh, I started, um, design at Kent state where I was actually where I met Rez and Karen, uh, back in 2009. I sort of, um, ended up at Kent, uh, after high school, not knowing really what I wanted to do with my life kind of as a 19 year old really doesn't know what they want to do with their life. So I started out at Kent, uh, in the design program, basically, uh, on accident. I, went to um, the, the the first day, the scheduling day, and I kind of explained what I was interested in doing because I took a computer kind of animation class in college. And uh, that from that point forward, I, um, you know, did, just sort of got into the uh, design program there. Uh, at one point, we started doing a little more illustration stuff. So I got to, you know, kind of hit a little more background in design and illustration through Kent and we sort of, I met Rez actually my first year there. Um, funny in the hall, just going up the elevator, I, I ran into him and I was, uh, and he got into design right after that. And we sort of just were always those guys in the back of class, you know, screwing around, just doodling and having fun with each other. Um, from that point I started, I, I graduated Kent and I, went on to uh, stay in Cleveland and I worked, did a lot of uh, freelance work for um, nonprofits around Cleveland and design. Um, Cleveland Public Theater is a big one that I worked for for a few years doing a lot of like theater design stuff. Um, after a couple of years of that, Rez and I sort of got together and started the bubble process. And that's kind of how we got here today. Cool. Rez, maybe you could uh, chime in with your story. Sure. So, um, 
same thing. I went to Kent State because I'm about 45 minutes away uh, from there growing up. So far enough away for me to get in trouble and not get caught, but close enough <laughs> to go home and do laundry if I needed to. So um, that was kind of my philosophy. And I had really no understanding what design was whatsoever. It was just something that I saw Sean doing while I was goofing around, taking like random elective classes. Um in college to just figure out what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, I'm going to do that. And I really like Sean as a friend. So I'm going to catch up. And I took all the design program classes over the summer so we could then be in the same class. And then we became roommates uh, in the dorms. And then we continued to be roommates. And, you know, we worked together off and on. Uh, we both worked at the skate shop in Kent State. Uh, we both skateboarded. Uh, Sean was probably better than I was. I was pretty terrible, to be honest. But uh, it was it was a scene that we were very much accustomed to. Everyone we lived with was a skateboard kid, and the artwork and illustrations that came along with it were kind of, you know, just right for us. So um, after college, I ended up moving to New York. Uh, I started taking jobs in editorial. I worked at like Wine Spectator magazine. I worked at Cosmopolitan magazine, but. I remember vividly having this email conversation with Sean being like, man, where's this dream job that everyone kept talking about in school? Like it just never showed up. So, you know, we decided to just make it ourselves. You know, we said, okay, let's just do concert posters. That's what we really like doing. Can we do it? And here we are about 11 years later, uh, be 11 years in February. And so you guys have maintained the bubble process, this, uh, this is dream job on top of a day job for each of you, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, I work uh, full-time in American Greetings as a product designer. Uh, I've been there for about the past six years. And like I said, I did some, a lot of nonprofit sort of design freelance work before I came to American Greetings. But uh, I do, you know, greeting cards that are way different than the posters that we make, you know, and then I use it kind of, the bubble process is my creative outlet. You know, I get out of work and I can kind of decompress and draw, you know, and, and kind of get um, creative in a different way than I do every day at American Greetings, which is, you know, a lot of uh, interesting fart cards and things like that. Which are, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, there's more to it than that. But I mean, that's kind of what I tell my, my family that I do for a living and my nephews get a big kick out of that. So. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm a full time creative director at an agency uh, known as Collins. Um, you've had the pleasure of interviewing Brian Collins early on in your your podcast sort of career. Um, but yeah, uh, during the day, I get to work with those extremely talented uh, ladies and gentlemen over there, and I get to doodle all night long, which is kind of amazing. So, what is it like working with Brian Collins? It's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting day. Let's put it that way. He's a great guy. <laughs> he's got a lot of energy. His, uh, his knowledge is unfathomable and he's just, you know, a very sweet guy overall. I feel like his library room is like a microcosm of, of him. It's like a, you know, just like this vast knowledge of everything, art and design. And he's like, in the two conversations I had with him, I was just amazed the entire time of all the things that he had to share. It's pretty cool. Got to imagine it's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty killer opportunity to work there. 
Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, any sort of reference that you can recall, he's he's more of a names guy. I am definitely not a names guy, so I'll I'll describe a picture or something that I remember from seeing in some book, and he'll be able to point me right to the book. So it's kind of a a good working environment for sure. So I guess going back to the start, you guys were looking at this idea of the bubble process as kind of like. Um, well, in your words, sort of inventing what your dream job would be. So walk us through kind of how that conversation went, especially with you guys being in two totally different cities, different markets. Like um, what, what was kind of the vision early on and, and how has that transformed over the years? Sure. So um, I had an internship in the summer of 2003 with uh, Paul Sayre who taught me how to basically burn screens in a bathroom much to everyone's dismay. I then took that practice back to the house that we all lived at in college, but it was a medium that was very easy for us to sort of explore. And then, um, what ended up, what ended up happening is, you know, in 2003, 2004, uh, America online or aim instant messenger was basically our vehicle of communication. It's how we got around sort of like all of the company firewalls and things like that to communicate with each other without copying onto a phone call. So it's how we shared gifts and links and just had jokes and were able to talk to each other throughout the day. And then I remember, you know, Sean and I going back and forth saying, like, let's just do something. Let's just figure out a way to have some more fun and like keep doing something that we were missing. Like we missed being able to draw, I think, ultimately. Um, we had some great professors when we were at Kent State, uh, Jerry Kalbach and Doug Goldsmith, and they always pushed us. And they had these things like that they used to do for, you know, even assignments. It was like, find a magazine article, get rid of the imagery, redo the article based on how you would illustrate it, and then sort of play on that sort of sensibility, like a class assignment. So, you know, Sean and I basically started exchanging emails and you know, AIM instant messengers. I don't even remember what they're called anymore, <laughs> but um, yeah, just like, let's, let's just do something. And then we had a friend, uh, Kate Madison was in this band, Madison. Um, she was doing a gig at the slipper room in the city. Uh, that was like in 2006, I think. Yeah. That was our first poster. And it was just a silkscreen poster for a friend that had a band in the city. And that's how it started. Yeah. And, and from my perspective, I, you know, after getting out of college, I had no, like, I didn't have that internship res had as far as like learning how to, to screen print. So when we sort of decided that we wanted to do this bubble process and how we sort of wanted to work together as far as like passing the file back and forth and development and, and adding on to each other's things, I kind of, my background was more in illustration and, you know, more like, I guess, paint, painterly illustration. So there was a, a period of time where I had to like learn how to um, sort of draw in a different way and, and, and create work in a different way. And then I also had no you know background in printing, like I said, so I had to kind of learn from the ground up on how to print things. Um, just kind of building a studio in my dad's basement because I moved back in with my dad after college and um, sort of just learning by going around on the internet how to actually make things happen on paper. I think part of the the uh, big part, I guess, of the attraction to making posters and silkscreen posters specifically was just being able to to design something. Well, we when we design things, it starts out on paper, it goes in the computer, we kind of put it in Photoshop, pass the file back and forth. 
but also being able to see it come back to life um, in the silver screen form um, as I print it, you know, so it was kind of cool to see it come full circle and actually have something at the end that I, you know, produced was really cool. And we've used that, you know, the way that we, the, the limitations of screen printing has sort of developed our, our overall aesthetic and, and how we approach other projects as well. So it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise to have those restrictions of the screen printing process just so because it developed how we like make things now still. I have to imagine that, you know, doing this as a, as a side project, that it's, it's challenging to make time for it every night and, or maybe even, I'm not sure how many days a week you're able to each contribute. So um, maybe walk us through what a typical project looks like and how long it takes to get it from like uh, concept to final fruition and printed form. Yeah. So um, they, they're all a little different as far as like timeline and things like that, but um, starts out with us getting an email or, or sending an email to um, a band or we're getting something from a, you know, creative director somewhere out there um, looking for our work. But as far as how we develop, we both independently will sketch ideas on paper. We'll make little thumbnails. We both sketch a little bit differently. Res is a little rougher, maybe mine are a little more refined. Um, but we kind of just sketch on our own just to come up with like raw ideas for whatever we're working on. We'll then share the ideas with each other. Uh, but, you know, looking at them, we don't really get too hung up on like our own ideas. We kind of look at them pretty uh, like diplomatically where we'll just like be able to see which one sort of works the best for what we're trying to do. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And oftentimes we'll see two ideas that sort of can like play off of each other or work together. And then from that point, we'll sort of start sketching one person and we'll, we'll start, start working on the final piece, um, just like drawing uh, a little bit of it, then we'll scan it in, put it in Photoshop, add details, send it to the other person, they'll take it over, add their details, send it back. You know, a lot of times we'll work on this, I, I know, like we said, we have day jobs, so it's a lot of waking up early, getting into the office a little early, responding to emails, reading emails early, uh, drawing when we can um, before and after work and on the weekends and things. And since I do a lot of the printing now, I, a lot of the printing happens in nights and weekends in my house because I have a studio in my basement. So is, is most of the uh, design happening inside of Photoshop in that case? So, so what, um, what typically happens is like, like Sean said, like he goes in early um, and takes advantage of that time. And then I commute into the city. So I get like two trips uh, both in and out that I draw on. So if there's anyone randomly on Metro North seeing some <laughs> weird tattooed guy drawing on the, on the train, it's probably me. Um, but I'm, I'm drawing and then I scan it in. And then basically what Sean said, or like he said is, you know, someone will work on the idea. So like maybe sometimes Sean, we're like, yeah, your idea is the better one. Like, let's do it. Or, you know, that's the one Sean might say, well, why don't you start it? Because that'll be a different flavor of how it'll start. Um, and then, so I might even take a stab at drawing his idea or his drawing in my own hand, and then I give it back to him. So we'll scan it in from, from hand, from pencil, and then it'll go into Photoshop. And we basically like, you know, bring that outline or that rough drawing out. And then basically we use, uh, folders, you know, like Photoshop folders, but we would treat those almost like screens. So we might have a folder for each color and then we organize it based on, the way that we would print it. And then, you know, sometimes we do uh, folder reorders to see what happens. Like we do lots of different things in order to see like what else 
like how can we push the work? But yeah, it goes from hand typically, I would say 99.9% of the time it's hand first, then in the computer and then back to hand. So you guys are um, like either scanning or photographing the the hand illustration, not like, are, like, are you re redrawing stuff when you get into Photoshop or I'm just kind of curious what, if, if you guys follow the same process or if one of you does more, you know, hand drawn and then scans it in and that's it. Or if it's scan it in so that you've got a reference to draw from again in Photoshop. I think we both draw on paper, scan it in and then use what we scan in to build the, the, the layers and things. I don't do a lot of drawing in Photoshop. I just don't love the feel of it. Um, we both use Wacom tablets because it's just faster to you know design with, but, mm -hmm. um, there's something about drawing on paper using like real ink and things like that, that you just get that sort of expressive, um, unique texture to it that I just can't be replicated to me. And plus I like, you know, I grew up drawing on paper, so it's a little bit, it's weird to me <laughs> to do it that way. Um, but yeah, everything starts out on paper, gets put into Photoshop and then we use the actual like lines and, and, uh, and, and forms that we actually put on paper in and just, Photoshop's kind of just a tool to get the things together. Um, if we were in the same room, we would probably draw on the same piece of paper um, just because, you know, it's, it's just that's the natural way to do it. But uh, that's kind of the best way for us to, to pass a file back and forth. And Photoshop's kind of the best tool for that. Yeah, I would say everything is done by hand. It's really Photoshop is the medium to to bring them all together. So, you know, I, I draw with pen typically. I'll use pencil sometimes, but a lot of the like background fills and things like that are actually paint or ink and paintbrush. Um, so we'll take the Photoshop file as it as it's in progress and we'll print it out. And then, you know, like I'll use a light table and then paint in, in the lines or something like that, however you want to call it on top of the light table. But then I'll scan that painting in as another layer. So technically everything is done by hand. We're just using Photoshop as the glue. Very cool. I'm wondering maybe when, when you said you have bands that will email or call in and request something, what do you think is a good fit like client wise or commission wise? How do you know if a project's a good fit or a bad fit for the bubble process? Sean, you want to take this one? Um, I mean, we usually, tr yeah, it's, it's tricky because you know, if we get sort of cold called a cold email by a client that we don't know, it's you know we, we don't know how it's going to be to work with them. And we always try to work with um, because this is a, not a hobby and a side gig of sorts. We try to work with clients that we're passionate about, and we you know we think we can do like their job justice and do the best job we can. So we you know. It, we, like I said, try to work with clients and, and bands and things that we like align with belief wise. And like, we like, cause if we don't like a band or we don't know a client very well, it's going to show in the work. Um, the, you know, the closer we are to the product or the, the, the band, if it's somebody we actually listen to, we can do a lot, a, a far better job than if it were just somebody we don't know, we're trying to catch up with like doing research, we research on them. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, you know, when we get those emails, if it's a band that we love, we're like, how can we make this work? If it's someone we don't know or like some far off genre, I mean, I, w I would say we listen to pretty much everything. Um, but if it's something that just doesn't feel right to us, we 
we probably would politely decline. It just, it works better for us if we're really into the band, like Sean said, like, you know, we can listen to the music. We listen to the music as we're drawing, you know, we listen to all sorts of things all the time. And yeah, it really helps out to actually have an understanding of where this band sits, what they're all about, what they're trying to convey in terms of their medium, and then how we can then do them justice, like Sean said, through our medium. So, you know, anyone that's willing to go to a concert and then, you know, go out of their way to then purchase our poster as the memory for that expression or that moment in time for the band, to me is like worth everything. So that's kind of the best case scenario is like when you get an email, for instance, like my morning jacket has a show in Indianapolis, like, can you do a poster in, you know, a month? And we're like, we'll do anything we can to like get that poster hat like mm -hmm. made because that's just, you know, an opportunity one that we wouldn't want to pass up, but we also really respect that band. So why wouldn't we want to give them something for giving out so much stuff in terms in form of music, for instance? So let's say there's a band that you're really into that you haven't worked with before. How would you, are there, are there any red flags that you'd look out for or things that, you know, still things that you'd use to judge whether it's a good opportunity or not based on um, what they might be like as a client? Are there any like questions that you ask them in advance to see if it's something you'd still want to pursue? Yeah, I mean, there have been times, uh, I think the only, we usually have a lot of creative like versatility when we work with bands. That's the best part about like doing posters is we, our work is out there. They know what we do. So they, 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 we don't have to really beat around the bush when it comes to working with them. Um, oftentimes we'll ask, you know, in advance, if there's like any sort of red flag, like things that like, we don't, you don't want us to like put on a poster. Like if there's like icons, if, if we do, if we're too literal with the band name or something like that, um, let us know in advance so we don't go there. But a lot of times they, we, because we have a reputation, because our work is, you know, kind of out there that they know what we're in for or what they're in for. Um, and we also try to explain in advance too, is that, um, because we'll often, you know, we'll send sketches early in the process, but that our sketches are kind of a jumping off point. Um, we kind of use like, what our development process to kind of build on each other's ideas. So if something starts out as, you know, a dog, it, by the time as we're done with it, it's going to end up being a dog wearing uh, a hat and sunglasses skateboarding down the street with a pizza slice in his hand. You know, <laughs> we try to like make sure that they know that that's going to happen and to expect that and not get too tied up into the early um, sketch phase uh, because we sort of build this, these things these, this way. You guys have a, thing going on with the pizza <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah, the uh if, if you visit the bubbleprocess.com and mouse around on the site your cursor actually becomes a slice of pizza so it's it, you guys are committed <laughs> to this pizza thing yes yes we are it's uh <laughs> it keeps us going for sure pizzas and tacos and burritos are, are kind of life loves for us <laughs> I'm on board. And, slight, and, and the cursor is like reminds me of when we we're like in junior high and people would have those alta vista sites and they would have like lightsaber cursors and stuff so just a throwback to that those greater days of the internet i think in uh, the late 90s i had to make a flash cursor that was a weed whacker that as you would mouse around the page it would like you know <laughs> whack through off little blades of grass it was it was pretty epic yeah, <laughs> it was a good time to live. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flash. Um, <laughs> well, you were telling me a little bit before we got started here officially about um, an opportunity to do some work with uh, with Iron and Wine. Maybe you could talk us through that or any of the other recent projects that you're excited about. So Iron and Wine, they're a really good uh, client. They, you know, randomly will send us an email or something uh, through our friends at Overcoat. They'll say, you know, hey, we want some or we're looking for a design for a t-shirt or something. Do you guys have time to do something? And we'll say, yeah, totally. Let's, let's try and make something happen. And then we'll, you know, like Sean said before, we have a very loose process. We'll, we'll try and flood our client with as many sketches as we can. So they have like a sense of where we're starting from. And then, you know, it'll go back and forth with us working on something that they like and then sort of driving it all the way home. So uh, the latest thing that we did is you know, like a, it's a sweatshirt, a crew neck, which is very comfortable, by the way. Um, I was wearing it all day, two days ago. Um, but yeah, uh, we got, you know, we get jobs like that all the time. Um, another really, really fun one for us was how many years ago? Was that two years ago? Uh, yeah. we, we went to um, Lithuania with our friend, uh, Ray Barkis. So he's a friend of ours uh he was a friend of mine in in new york in like 2003 is when i met him and then he's a very prominent painter in lithuania and he has connections in lithuania so he said hey would you guys like to come to lithuania and paint a mural so uh we said why not we had never done it before ever um (laughs) this was the first time like sean said early on that we actually were in the same vicinity drawing or painting in this case at the same time and basically you know, we showed up in Lithuania and there was like five, you know, giant Lithuanian dudes that were basically pointing to uh, like a scissor lift. And they showed us a lever that was like this button goes up, this button goes down and then disappeared. So we had like five <laughs> days all by itself without any safety gear, any harnesses, any hard hats or anything. And they basically like gave us the keys to you know, painting three stories tall without any supervision. So it was kind of a, that was kind of like one of the hairiest things that we've ever done, but it was pretty amazing. They don't have the same uh, OSHA in Lithuania. Yeah, actually my girlfriend's dad, like right, he, he was like a, a roofer and he works for a roofing company and he he was like, had me freaked out about like all these OSHA things. He's like, oh, you got to make sure you have harnesses. You got to make sure this. And then we get there and those like three guys are there and they all smell like vodka. And <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> you get on the scissor lift and it's just like the jankiest thing of all time. And But, you know, we made it work. Rez went up more than I did. I'm, I'm a little more afraid of heights than him, but <laughs> we, we, we made it happen. Yeah. We had some great help too there when it was, we actually got to work with, um, some some high school students like helped us along the way and they would paint things with us and they would like be our translators because the kids learn English over there and the older the people who are a little bit older don't know English so they would translate what the heck we were doing to all the people that were walking by uh which was pretty cool too nice our team had some scissor lift adventures earlier this year minus the the vodka part but it was it was <laughs> it was almost the same thing where a couple guys showed up pointed at the buttons and then they disappeared and so we're like all right i guess we gotta hang these signs yeah it's it's very scary <laughs> it's had like vi- like visions of it like rolling down the road with us on it like all the way up and it just sort of being a weird movie scene of it rolling down the road <laughs> Goes through a plate glass thing with two guys yeah, carrying it across exactly. the sidewalk. Yeah. So with with all of the um, 
bands that you guys have worked with so far, um, what's maybe either a, a client that you'd like to work for or a project type that you ha- guys haven't done together yet as the bubble process that you'd like to do in the future? Um, I think that for me, I would love to work on some probably some beer packaging. I think that that would be a lot of fun for us. Um, we, we worked with a client, uh, early on, which I'm not allowed to mention, but, uh, we, we did some experimenting with them on like what some of their labels could be. And it was a lot of fun. So, you know, having that show up, you know, and being able to purchase your work, like in a a grocery store, a liquor store, I think would be pretty amazing to like go there and be like, Oh, you're drinking that. You like that? We did the the label. I think that that would be (laughs) really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I think that for me would be a, a lot of fun to do. Cause I know that's how I pick up my beers. It's just mostly the coolest. <laughs> Still, no. too, hey, but... listen, if Coors Light ever wants an illustration done, we are ready for you. <laughs> no. Nice. <laughs> um, and then Sean, Sean's a huge advocate for Devo. Like I said, we've, we've been screaming the Devo, you know, session for a long time but those jobs never seem to to come by but one of these days we'll get one yeah i met mark mother's bot like he did he's from he actually went to kent uh as the devo so like he was up in cleveland about six months ago uh he had a big like art opening at the contemporary art museum in cleveland and i finally got to meet him at it and get his signature and it was one of those situations where i couldn't talk because i was so so in awe of him (laughs) I turned into a bumbling idiot, but, uh, but uh, I mean, outside of those, I, we, we said we just did a mural in Lithuania a couple of years ago, but I, I would really love to do another mural probably like hopefully in Cleveland, because, you know, that way I can sort of see it and be around it. Uh, but that was just like a ton of fun and it's just like a different sort of like way to get our work out there. And so huge and just interesting. So outside of that, do you guys ever, um, make plans to like be in the same city to work together or is, is this kind of the preferred method to, to do it remote back and forth? Um, we, we end up meeting each other about once a year. We go to Chicago for uh, pitchfork music festival. So anytime that we can make it happen, we try to make it out there. And that's basically us flying out to Chicago. We stay with a really good friend of ours, Matt Kelly, Um, and we basically get to hang out at a music festival for like three days in a row and like sweltering heat and just like party in a tent. Um, so that's a lot of fun for us. So we basically go there, we get to see bands that we really like. We sell all the work that we've made throughout our career. That's still available, anything new, et cetera. And then we get to hang out. It's really the only time that we, we see each other typically. Um, yeah. Plus it's really like the flat stock, which is what they call the, the, uh, the thing at the music festival is about 50 poster artists from like around the world. And, uh, we get to like, you know, hang out with those guys too. And, you know, see a lot of like different sorts of like poster artists and different kinds of work that are, you know, a lot different than ours, but like, we've just like become friends with those guys over the years too. Cause we've done it probably seven or eight years in a row. So it's pretty pretty cool to like catch up with all those guys as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I remember like the first time we went, we were like, oh my God, that's Jay Ryan. And now it's like, hey, <laughs> it's, hey, it's Jay Ryan. Like, <laughs> you want a beer, Jay Ryan? You know, like it's kind of one of those things that we, you know, all know each other now, either by face or by work and reputation. So it's just a great, great family sort of hangout session for three days. So everyone gets to, you know, see each other's work, you know, show mutual respect, just hang out, listen to music all day. It's great. Yeah, it's a super tight community. It's they do like probably about five or six around the world every year. And uh, Chicago is the most consistent one that we do. Well, maybe uh, maybe Jay or Devo are part of this answer, but um, I'm curious who some of your design heroes are. I was, I mean, like I said, when I went to Kent, I, I, I and when I, I sort of focused on illustration and sort of working that into my design. Um, and I kind of, always wanted to do that from early in my career. Uh, so I always looked towards illustrators as kind of like, like my heroes as far as design. Ralph Steadman, who, you know, is an amazing, amazing illustrator, was a super early influence on me. And I still like, in, I'm in awe of his work and just like the expressiveness of it. Um, like it's Devo is a huge inspiration, you know, <laughs> but we try to get it. I mean, I personally get it from like, you know, music, from, you know, food, from beer, from anything around Cleveland's like this great place for inspiration. You know, there's like an amazing art museum here that I just love to go to whenever I can to just like walk around and get inspiration from everything from paintings to like, um, like the, there's like this cool armory room that has, uh, like night like chain mail night, like swords and stuff like that. And it's just like anything and everything I can kind of like look at to get inspiration from. I like I'm all about, but yeah, I mean, it's anything anymore. It's just sort of like inspiration just is kind of, I don't know, all around. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, I, I went to school and I would focus more on the design side, but um, the illustration side is definitely my huge influence when it comes to this body of work. So, you know, Sean and I are huge Ben Sean fans. Uh, you know, um, Brian turned me on to someone who I really admired, but I had no idea who this person was, who was um, Ivan Earl, I believe. He was the scene designer for like Sleeping Beauty, a lot of like early Disney um, illustrations. But, you know, there's a lot of, really deep seated sort of memories that come across. And I, when I saw that body of work, I was like, wow, like this is part of my childhood that I had no idea it was like responsible by one person. Um, and then randomly, you know, I'll pick up random books whenever I go to like an antique store or something like that and find crazy, you know, illustrators and things like I picked up like a, a grandma Moses coffee table book when I was in Vermont last, last year. And I was like blown away. Like it's, it's like amazing, amazing body of work. And it's, mm. you know, it's something that I never even crossed my path. So, you know, it all depends um, on who's doing what, but yeah, Ben Sean's huge for me. Um, I grew up like I wouldn't grow up. My, my early college career was definitely heavily inspired by Art Chantry's work. I loved Xerox mentality, but as the Xerox machines kept getting better and better, like that sort of avenue of creation sort of fell apart for me. So I went right, right to hand and pen and ink. 
All right. I'm also curious um, what for each of you, what your best piece of advice is either that you've received from somebody else or your favorite piece of advice to pass along to other young designers. Uh, I think when I was in college, one of my instructors, Jerry Kalbach, who was like pretty influential in my early like design illustration sort of career, told me what he said once, uh, uh, think about what you want to say and say it. Um, and at the time I would, you know, in college, you kind of like overthink every like detail of, and every brushstroke and every, you know, every little thing that you put on paper. And it sort of like got me as like, okay, I need to think about what I want to do and just do it. Don't get too caught up in my own head. Don't like overwork it. Don't do it. Just put it on paper and say it, like get your point across and be done with it. Uh, so that I've, I think about that like once a week, <laughs> to be honest. So that was a pretty influential thing for me. Um, I would have to say mine uh, with the best piece of advice I've ever been given uh, was from a creative director uh, when I worked at Subrosa, which was always smile when you're on the phone um, because it actually carries across through the other side and it, it really works. <laughs> so that's kind of the best advice I can give is, is if you ever want to have a successful client meeting, it's like just smile the whole time. It, it really works. That is great advice. So guys, obviously the, the theme of the show here is obsessed with design. I'm, but so the answer doesn't have to be design, but I'm curious what, what each of you would classify that you are most obsessed with right now. Ooh, I would have to say it's probably pizza. It's, it's the 24 seven. It's not really a design related <laughs> thing, but, um, I am a hundred percent obsessed with pizza. So I I've hit a point where I just started making my own. Um, <laughs> I know I'm going off topic here, but, uh, that's what I'm obsessed about with, uh, probably more than I should be. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I'm also obsessed with pizza, but <laughs> But uh, I'm really uh, obsessed with um, uh, board games, old board games. My grandma passed away about a year ago and we were going through her house, um, sort of just going through things. And, and she had this like huge closet of like old board games. It was kind of like the Royal Tenenbaums when they go in the closet and there's all those board games around them. But not quite that many, but uh, that was like, I remember playing them when I was a kid, not, not even playing with them, just kind of going through them and seeing what was going on inside the boxes and just like the interesting sort of illustrations and like she had like a pink panther one and a partridge family one and all these sort of interesting things. But it was just like sort of once I like found those, I was like obsessed with like getting more and more and more. And just like when I go to flea markets, just like always trying to find these old cool games. I just bought my girlfriend uh, like a Bigfoot game from the 1970s that's like super rare and like super interesting and probably not fun to play, but like the board is amazing and the box is amazing and like it comes with this like little plastic Bigfoot character. So yeah, those are just, I don't know. I think like one day I'd love to do a board game, but yeah, board games are super fun and like a lost art, I think. <laughs> Well, I got to say pizza and board games are the, uh, are unique answers to the, what are you most obsessed with question? Yeah, I think, um, if, if I wanted to answer this truthfully, there's kind of, uh, the obsession that I have right now to my wife's dismay is there's this, uh, press called heritage press. They put out all these books. Um, I don't even know if it's just called like the sand glass series or if that's just the insert, but basically, 
there are all these classic books that were reprinted by this place, Heritage Press. And I actually think it's in Norwalk, Connecticut, which is kind of right up the road for me, which is very interesting. But they're all like illustrated. They're all hand illustrated. So I like reading lots of classic books, but I am obsessed with buying these books because they come in these nice slip cases and they all have like unique illustrations to them. So um, I don't know why I'm telling you this because everyone's going to buy them all on eBay now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's basically my obsession. And I have, you know, I have like three of the same like book in a sand glass thing. Like, I think I probably have like three last of the Mohicans because I forgot that I already owned it. And then I bought it because I was so excited that I found one and then, you know, <laughs> bring it home. And I have like three of the same one, but I can't get rid of them because they're just so amazing. Like there's tons of illustrations in them. But yeah, that's that's probably my favorite thing. Well, as opposed to the the Tim Ferriss show when they mentioned sardines and Whole Foods sells out of them nationwide, I I think we we have a slightly smaller footprint <laughs> than Tim Ferriss does. Okay. So so your books are probably safe for the moment. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, don't don't do any post Christmas shopping with your money on eBay. <laughs> I'm ordering them right now. At least yeah, dozens of designers are checking eBay right now. Damn it. <laughs> the good news is you've got like two weeks till this episode goes live. So, so All right. All right. eBay your heart out right now. You've been warned. <laughs> That's right. You've got the timer starts now. Well, guys, before I let you go, maybe tell our listeners besides uh, random things on eBay, tell our listeners where they can track you down online and, and learn more about the bubble process. Sure. So um, you can catch us at the bubble Um, self-explained all, all one word um and yeah that's where everything that we have for sale is up and where we post everything that we've got going on as soon as we get around to getting it up online excellent well guys thank you so much for taking some time to chat today and uh thank you for being obsessed with design all right, guys, that is number 52 in the books. Thank you so much for all of your support over the past year. And do me a favor this week, reach out to two of your friends and tell them about your favorite design podcasts. If we make the list bonus, but I think there's a lot of great shows out there floating around the podcast universe. So be sure and tell your other design friends what you listen to and why. And I'm extra curious, besides Obsessed with Design, what other favorite podcasts do you listen to? Tweet at Josh Miles and tell me your favorite podcasts. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency located on the 13th floor of Beautiful Circle Tower in downtown Indianapolis. Hit us up on Instagram this week at Miles Herndon. Our intro music is Matchbox Girl by Cassie Joe, and our show is always edited by Jen Eds at the Brassy Broadcast Company. Visit BrassyBroad.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.